Good morning, Glenridge family. We are in my home recording this preach for the last time. It's been a long few days, a few weeks in my home, in my bedroom, in my home, recording preaches. But this is going to be our, our last one. We'll be back in our building next week and recording and doing things from there. But uh, so it is quite a, a kind of a, a historic moment or a memorable moment, let me say rather, um, this morning. But uh, just before I get into my preach, we're going to be getting into Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. You can turn to Acts chapter 2 if you are uh, following in your scriptures. That would be great. Before I get there, just a quick announcement. Um, we, are, we are gathering business people and trying to connect with business people. We did a, a, a meeting three weeks ago um, and we, we got Mark and Craig and Ray on a, on, a, on a webinar and just started talking about business. But we wanted to really get together um, more profoundly and kind of more intimately um, so and to really help you go forward in, in the, with the challenges of business. So what we've done is we've put together a little survey um, which will help us help you. It will gather some information, some contact details, ask you some questions about your business and find out whether you want to get connected into small groups and all those sorts of things. The link for that description of that, of that survey is in the description of the YouTube and, and Facebook channels. It will also be in our social media. Uh, Jan will put that into our social media and in our, in our Instagram and Facebook posts. So please, if you wouldn't mind just taking three minutes, click on the link. It is a very simple thing um, that we can, we can help you as business people. It would be really, really helpful to do that. And I encourage you to do that so that we can, we can get together and really target where it is itching at the moment, where it's sore. Let's not say itching, where it is painful at the moment. Um, and I know it is. I know it is trying times. So bless you. Please do connect, connect to the link. But we this morning are going to connect into back into the book of Acts, and uh, we're going to look at Acts chapter two. Today is Pentecost Sunday. It is officially officially Pentecost Sunday, and uh, what an absolute wonderful thing to have a prayer meeting on Pentecost Sunday. We are having a, a national day of prayer today. And we as a church are going to be praying from 12 to 1 uh, on our Facebook Live as we normally do on a Thursday in solidarity with and in, 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 in unity with what God wants to do in our nation on Pentecost Sunday. So what, a, what an absolute privilege to be in the space and praying together and it being called to by, by the, the government to say, let's pray as a nation. What an absolute honor and privilege that is. But let's have a look at Acts chapter 2 where it was the, it was the Pentecost uh, where the Spirit of God fell on God's people. And let's see what uh, the, we can learn from that and, and, and see what happened there and what it means for us today. Friends, this is the more important thing. What, is, what does Pentecost mean for you and me? Not me while I'm sitting in my lounge or when I'm in, my, in the church building, but what does Pentecost mean for everyday life from Monday to Sunday, 24-7, all the time, because it has an implication for your life as a believer, as a follower of Jesus in these days. This is what it is. This is what it says. When the day of Pentecost came, there was, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they, 
now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews. This is important. God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because they heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are all these men who are speaking Galileans? Are not all these men speaking Galileans? Then how is that that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts, converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. That is Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 13. Peter then goes on to address the crowd and answer the question, what does this mean? And also answer the question, what, what do they have? They had too much wine. Have they, have they drunk too much? And he goes on to, to give this profound preach using Joel chapter 2 and other texts to, to show them what God has done in this time. But I want to get to this place where we try to understand this question, what does this mean? What does this mean? They asked the question. I think we should be asking the question. What does it mean that the Spirit of God fell on Pentecost, on the early church, and the Spirit of God continues to fall on the church today? What does this mean? Well, first of all, we can understand this, is that Pentecost was one of the official feasts of Judaism. And it was also called the Feast of Weeks. Um, it, the term Pentecost means 50th. So it was 50 days after Passover and uh, so seven weeks 49 days plus one they met uh, depending on how you counted it that's why it's 50 days but what's a, what's significant about that and what, why, what I want to let you know about this the feast of weeks what the what the Jews would say it was the week of weeks and the reason why it was the week of weeks because it was seven times seven 49 and seven is a significant number in Jewish thinking. It was, it's, the, it's the number of completion. It's the number of, of, of unity. It's this, num, it's this a significant number of God profoundly. It's seven days. It's, it's, it's a number of significance in the, Jewish, in the Jewish thinking. And this is seven times seven, 49 days. And so the fifth, we make, what to make up the 50. So, so what would happen was, is they would call this the week of weeks. And I want to ask you this morning, or, or, or put an expectation and a hunger in your heart that this morning can be a week of weeks for you, can be a day of days for you, can be a moment of moments for you, because actually God wants to powerfully engage you this morning. God wants to powerfully fill you this morning. Again, and if you've been filled by the Spirit already, if you've had an incredible encounter with God already, friends, it doesn't stop because actually the, the, throughout the book of Acts, we see the same group of people being filled by the Spirit over and over again. And so actually there's even more for what God wants to do in your life through the Spirit of God at this time. Pentecost was a time when, they, when it was commemorated. Tradition in Judaism would say that it was a moment where the, you'd commemorate the giving of the law from Moses. It was a day that the law was commemorated, was thank you for, for giving us the law. And in that moment, it moves from law to spirit. 
It moved, this, this day is significant for the Christian calendar because it is the way of the new, it's kind of the way of the new covenant is inaugurated. It's the dawning of the age of the Spirit where Jesus is ascended. His person is no longer on earth, but His presence through the Holy Spirit continues to minister and empower His people throughout the earth. It's a Thanksgiving meal. Pentecost was a Thanksgiving moment. It was, it was thanking God for the first um, uh, sheaves of the wheat harvest. The, the first harvest moment of the wheat harvest. And what they would do is they would make two loaves of bread and offer two loaves of bread on this day. And um, Spurgeon says this. It's two loaves showing that it was Jews and Gentiles that God was embracing and the Spirit of God was available too. Paul would later would later refer to these first fruits as the spirit is the is you have a deposit you have the first fruits of the spirit We're always talking back to this day of Pentecost. So friends this is a this is a, a significant day in the life of the church of the early church and although we can't replicate that day we do have available we do are um, we do recognize the power and the work of the Holy Spirit and His will and His want to be able to get into our lives and to empower us for this future. So what does this mean? What does the, what does the work of the Holy Spirit mean? Well, first of all, it means this, is that the work of Jesus will be continued by His followers by the power of the Holy Spirit. Pentecost means that the work of Jesus will be continued by His followers through the power of of the Holy Spirit. This is in some way, this is part of the question, the early disciples in Acts chapter uh, 1 verse 7 or so, they asked this question, Jesus, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom? And Jesus says, no, 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 you, you've got it wrong. You, you're, missing, you're missing the point here. Actually, my, only my father knows the, the exact dates and the times, but you are going to be empowered to be my witnesses. And so this, in a sense, is an answer to that question. Now the empowering of the witnesses of Jesus to go into the, all the world to bring name, uh, fame to His glory and to do His work by the power of the Spirit is given to His people. Jesus is restoring this kingdom through the witness of you and me. And this is a moment where He inaugurates that and He says, this is it. Now don't, don't, he tells the disciples, don't leave Jerusalem until you've been clothed with power from on high. And friends, we cannot do anything in our strength. We've got to make sure that we never leave whatever we're doing and get on in our own strength. We've got to wait for the power of God to come upon us to enable us to do what God is doing. Friends, enable, this enabling cannot be done in our strength. It cannot be done by our best will and our best thinking it has to be by the power of the spirit of god and i love this wording he says and they were filled they were filled so i mean you think of something being filled to fill, to fill something it has to be empty so that it can be filled to overflowing and what happens in this moment there's an emptiness in the hearts of god's people there's an emptiness in, in Jesus has been returned for them. It was Jesus has been ascended. You must go and wait now. They're waiting in the room for 10 days. They're not sure what exactly. They're not sure how long they're going to wait. They're not sure exactly what to do. They're just praying and they're waiting. And there's this kind of emptiness that's being created in the hearts of his people. And it's in that emptiness that God comes and, and fills them with his power so that they can get on and do what they are called to do, which is to take this gospel and be witnesses of Jesus Christ through all the earth. I love this quote from James Dunn in his 
absolutely excellent commentary on, on, on the book of Acts. He says this, The mission of the church could not hope to be effective without his empowering from God, without this empowering from God, the Spirit of God, which transcends human ability and transforms human inability. Don't you, don't you love that? It's the empowering of the Spirit of God to transcend human ability and transform human inability. So what, is saying, what he's saying is this. He's saying that in this moment of Pentecost, all your abilities are transcended. It doesn't matter how clever you are. It doesn't matter how strong you are. It doesn't matter how gifted you are. The Spirit of God coming will transcend that ability. But it will also transform our inability. So in our weakness, we are strong. So it's both, it, it transcends our strength and our ability, but it transforms our inability. This is what we take away from. This is one of the things that we take away from this Pentecost moment. And my prayer is this morning, God will transcend your ability and transform your inability to get on and do what he's called you to do. The second thing I see, I think what this means is, is the undoing of Babel or Babel. In the Old Testament, there was the Tower of Babel that humans would create to try and reach their God. And God comes with his judgment and he disperses the people and he gives them different languages so they don't understand each other. In the moment of Pentecost, these people begin to talk and they're understood in diverse different languages. And so what it is, it's an undoing of Babel. It's the undoing of the dispersing and the, and the division that comes through the judgment of God in Babel. Babel was a thing by human effort to reach God. It was, well, I'm going to get to God, so I'm going to build a building so that I can get to God. And I'm going to build a place so that, I can, so that I can get to God. Actually, no, no, no. It's not about our strength getting to God. It's about God's provision and God's love coming to us in this moment of Pentecost. It's not us getting to God. It's God coming to us. It's a revelation that actually it was by gift and promise that God gives you His presence. Not by effort and performance. It's by gift and His promise, not by effort and our performance, that the Spirit of God comes to do what He wants us to do. It is, an ability, it is a moment where they receive rather than achieve. And if you're living in achieving Christianity, you're living short, way short of what God has for you. You need to shift into a receiving. Let God give you what you need. Let God give you the, by gift and promise what you are trying to earn by effort and performance. And everything will change for you. This is part of what it means in the undoing of Babel. Friends, can I also say this? In the undoing of Babel, there's this kind of, um, there's this common language, there's, there's this language that we can speak that all of us can understand. Let me, put it, let me put it this way. There's no language that is Christian or more Christian than others. There's no language. Any Christian, any, any Christian of any language can follow Jesus. There's not a language that kind of defines Christianity. And what, it, what happens in, in Pentecost is God comes to say that actually my spirit is the language. 
My love is the language. And by my spirit, you can talk into different contexts and you can speak into life, into different spheres of life, into different places, into different geographies, and you will be understood because of the love of God that I have for those people that I have for you. I hope you're getting what I'm, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm getting at here. There isn't a language that confines, that's confined to Christianity, but rather by His Spirit, God allows us to minister to all people. Can I, can I, can I just speak to this in this moment in our nation at, the mo- at where we are right now? Friends, we are all isolated. And I've noticed that since we're not in multicultural environments like church, for us at church, it's a very multicultural environment. What happens is we, we kind of get, we, we get lose touch with the other, the other people that we normally kind of have contact with. And what happens is we are, uh, if we're not careful, our, our sphere of friendship and our sphere of story hearing and listening and narrative becomes those that we are used to hearing or, or kind of we, it gets limited. And friends, in this time, there is a real reality of the rising of racism in this country to be in effect because we're, we're isolated and then there's all this inequality and the haves and the have-nots and there's different narratives that are being played that, the, that the, the powers and principalities that are against the word of God, that are against the work of God, that are trying to take root in this nation. Friends, we've got to be so careful in this time to guard our hearts against racial identity politics and all that stuff that it involves, friends. We've got to make sure that we are open, that we understand that Christianity hasn't got a language, it hasn't got a color, it hasn't got a gender. Actually, it is for everybody, which, is, which is, leads me to my next point. What does, what, does, what does Pentecost mean? It means it's all people. It's all people. It's amazing to see in, in, in chapter 2, here where Peter now goes and quotes Joel the prophet Joel and he says this when he's explaining what's going on here he says this in the last days God says this is chapter 2 verse 17 in the last days God says I will pour out my spirit on all people your sons and daughters will prophesy your young men will see visions your old men will dream dreams even on my servants both men and women i will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy you notice that it's all people you see what pentecost says it's not a select view that get to do the work of god it's all people all genders there's only two male and female all statuses slaves sons and daughters all ages, old men, young people. Friends, the, what, what Pentecost says to the church today is that it talks about the allness of God. Everybody gets to play. Everybody gets to do the work of God. Nobody is excluded from young people to old people, from black people to white people and everything else in between and outside of that. It's all genders. It's all ages. It's everybody gets to, play, gets to participate in what God is doing in this day friends that's you that's you 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 get to participate in what god's doing if you will open your heart today and allow him to fill you again or fill you for the first time you will be profoundly um, ministered to and you'll begin to see the gifts of god bubble up in your heart and begin to see something of what god has for you and begin to participate in what god has for this world through your life 
God is trying to put back the divisions that came, to, came in Babel and the divisions and the categories that come into our hearts. And he wants to say this. There's no divisions in my kingdom. It's for all people. It's not for special people. It's not for specially gifted people. It's for all people. It's not for certain races. It's not for certain colors. It's not for certain genders. It's for everybody. It's not for certain ages. It's for everybody. Friends, let the Spirit of God come upon you and your children and your families. And let's see what He does as we pray this morning. The next thing that God does in Pentecost and I was so excited to see this, friends. I've had this Ezekiel chapter 37 bubbling in my heart for the last week or 10 days. I did a, I did a devotion on it um, a few days ago. And uh, I've had this bubbling on my heart. And I read this in one of the commentaries. I think it was James Dunn's commentary. He says this. He said the same word in both Hebrew, which is ruach, and in Greek, pneuma, means both wind and spirit and breath. Hence the play in words, particularly in Ezekiel chapters 37, 9 to 10. So what he's saying is he's saying that this idea of the wind of God blowing over the people, the breath of God, wind or spirit or breath, the same word, meaning the same used for all three of those things, is connected to Ezekiel 37, because it's the same idea, the same, the same terminology, Ezekiel 37, which is the story about the dry bones, which is the story about the dry bones of Israel and God saying, I'm going to put my breath back into them. And this is what verses, um, he says, talks about Ezekiel 37, 9 to 10. Well, this is what, he, what 37, 9 to 10 says. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Oh man, I love that. Prophesy to the breath. He doesn't say prophesy to the bones. He says, tell the breath of God to enter the body. Tell the breath of God to enter the bones. You know, the, the, the reality is this. The reason why that's important for me is that this Jesus is ascended at, seated at the right hand of the Father. And it says in, in Acts chapter 2 that Jesus has poured out his spirit on the church. That is what's happening to these people. So we're not baptized in the spirit by the Holy Spirit. We're actually baptized by Jesus in the Holy Spirit. He pours out His Spirit into our life. The agent that is being used is Jesus, is empowering His church, empowering His body by the presence of the Holy Spirit to do what He's called to do, called us to do. He says, prophesy to the breath. It was like Jesus when He was ascended said, breath, now go to the people. I love that. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain, into these dead people, that they might live. So I prophesied, and he, as he commanded me, and the breath entered them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Friends, today is a day when God is mobilizing a vast army. Today is a day when God is empowering a vast army. Today is a day when God is... God is breathing his life into the army that is the church young and old black and white diff doesn't everybody gets in for this day and in this moment in the midst of a pandemic it's unbelievably exciting if we will open our hearts for that moment friends ezekiel 37 go and read it 1 to 13 
Ezekiel 37. Go and read the account. It's absolutely profound, friends. It's the, it says the people of God are saying, I'm in a grave and I'm dried up and cut off. And the prophet comes to them and says, breathe, O breath, back into them. And he says, no, 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 no. I'm going to put your bones together. These bones will live. You think that you dried up. You think you cut off. You think that you're in a grave. No, no, no. My grave is turning into a womb. My grave is turning into a cradle because I've got new things in store for you by my spirit. And I'm going to breathe my life over you. And I'm going to put your bones together. He says, I'm going to put the tendons. I'm going to, give, I'm going to put tendons on you. And I'm going to put flesh on you. I'm going to give you a new skin. I'm going to give you a skin. And, you, and then I'm going to breathe upon you. And you're going to stand up a vast army. And you're going to go and do what I've called you to do. And he, one of, I love one of the terms that he's in the text. He says, can you hear the rattling noise? Can you hear the sound of the bones coming together? Friends, can you hear the rattling noise of your life? Can you hear the rattling noise at this stage, at this time, at this moment in South Africa, in this stage of history, where actually the Spirit of God is saying, I'm pulling these dry bones together. Whatever's dry is going to live. Whatever's dry is going to become moist. It's going to become wet with my spirit. And I'm going to, I'm going to raise up a vast army. Friends, I want to encourage you this morning. Can you hear the rattling noise of what God is wanting to do in your life? That thing that you think you're in a grave, you think you're cut off, you're not. This is the beginnings. It's a womb. It's a cradle. It's something where God is wanting to breathe in you and put a new skin on you. I feel like God is putting new skins on people. He's putting tendons. He's putting relationships in place. He's putting strength and flesh on us, putting muscles on us, giving us spiritual strength, giving us physical strength at this time. And it's going to give us a new skin that we can get on with what God's called us to do. I think this is something of what's happening what it means to be in Pentecost. And lastly, I want to say this. If we want to see the effects of Pentecost, if we want to be the kind of people, the Pentecost kind of people, Pentecostals, that's a denomination. If we want to be a Pentecostal kind of people, we want to be a people that know the power of God, that know the pneuma, the spirit, the breath of God. We've got to be people that are hungry. We've got to have an expectation and we've got to be humble. God falls in a hungry and a humble people. And I want to encourage us this morning. If we can stay hungry. Friends, friends, you think you're in a bad place. God is birthing something new in you. I want to, I want to declare that over your life. God has got newness for you. Newness of life for you. And I know it's hectic. It's tough. You don't know if you're going to, if you've got a, you don't even know if you've got a career to go back to. You don't even know. Maybe God's asking you to change careers. Friends, I want to say to you, God is going to gift you. God is going to pour His Spirit upon you and take you, put a new skin on you that you can get through this next season. If we can stay hungry and we can stay humble, God will pour out His Spirit. Isn't it amazing? It says in that text, it says He filled the whole house and all in the house were filled. And remember, this was God-fearing Jews, eh? God-fearing Jews. All this is this, all these people that are outside the house that are watching, they're God-fearing Jews from other nations that are in Jerusalem for Pentecost. For the, they, they're there because of the, of the feast. And you know what happens when the Spirit of God falls, friends? Some people were amazed. Some people were perplexed and asked, what is this? What does this mean? And it says some others made fun of them. Friends, it was God-fearing Jews that made fun of them. 
Friends, it was religious people that made fun of them. Friends, we can, if, we, if we can be hungry and we can be humble, we can see what God's doing and we can be amazed and we can be perplexed, but we don't have to make fun of what God's doing. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you can stay hungry and you can stay humble, you'll be amazed at what God can do with you, especially with this moment of Pentecost upon us, empowering us for what He has. Our moments in God's friends have got to become movements in God. Our moments of, of God falling on us have got to translate to movements in God. The pouring of the Spirit was not for the sake of the pouring out of the Spirit. The pouring out of the Spirit of God on the day of Pentecost was for the sake of His people so that they could be empowered to do the work that He's called them to do. It was the reason why you are filled with the Spirit is for others. In essence, it's f- you're filled with the Spirit so that you can become firsthand good witnesses of the presence and the power and the love of God and the ability of God and the anointing of God so that you can reach others and impact and change the world that is around you. That's what it means to be a Pentecost people. And the result of all of this was P- Peter preaching and it says the people were cut to the heart and asked the question, what must I do to be saved? Friends, we want to live a life where people are cut to the heart. There's a hunger, our humility and our hunger becomes their humility and their hunger. And they are asked, what must we do? Show us, take us to your king, take us. What are you doing? Who are you? Friends, we want to live those kinds of lives. But to live those kinds of lives, we need to be empowered from on high. We need to be clothed. We need to be filled. The emptiness of our hearts needs to be continually filled with the overflowing power and presence of the Holy Spirit so that we can become those sorts of people that ensure that people are cut to the heart. Friends, this is a week of weeks. This is a day of days. This is a moment of moments for you right now. God wants to transcend your human ability and transform your human ability. God wants to transcend your ability and God wants to transform your inability. Transcend your ability and transform your inability in this moment so that you can get on with what He's called you to do. He wants to take your mourning to celebration. He wants to take your fear and your anxiety and move it into boldness and courage and inspired living. God wants to take you, move you. And the way that He moves you is to fill you with His presence to overflowing. That you have a first-hand understanding, knowledge, relationship, and experience of Him and what He wants to give others so that we can be good witnesses. He wants to take us from being locked up to being good witnesses. From being locked down to being good witnesses. To be from being locked up to being good witnesses. Friends, this is a moment in God that actually the church is to be empowered. This is what it means for you and me. This is what Pentecost means for you and me. Can I pray for you right now? Father, I thank you. In fact, can we stand? Can we just, might feel a little bit strange. Can we just stand where we are? Can we just stand as families or get on our knees and just, just move into receiving, not achieving. Just, just open our hearts, open our hands, open our minds and say, God, this is in your scriptures. Will you come and let, will you fill my house? Will you fill my home? 
And will you fill fill every heart in my home this morning? Father, I thank you for that, Lord God. I thank you for the promise and the gift of the Holy Spirit that was given to us on Pentecost. And I ask you this morning, in our homes, in our hearts, that you would come by your power, that you would come with your presence and fill us to overflowing, Lord God. That you would come right now and transcend our human ability and transform our human inability right now in Jesus' name. Jesus, I thank you that you are empowering an army of dry bones to stand up and to minister under your name and to take your name to the outermost parts of the earth. Father, I thank you that you are going to fill people this morning right now as they receive from you, that you are going to mobilize this vast army, that you are going to continue. We want to continue the work that you started, Jesus. We want to be your body, your hands and your feet in these moments. We want to be a voice of life. We want to be a a people of good sense. We want to be people that know how to live in love, Lord God. Will you come and destroy the barriers and the, that are separating us, the language barriers, Lord God, the race barriers, all these things that build up in our lives, Lord God. Let us be a people. Let us be a people that knows how to minister under your name, Lord God. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you'd fill us right now. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Let me just, let me just wait for three or four, five seconds. Will you come and fill us right now, Holy Spirit? We expect you to move. Will you release the gift of tongues to people? I pray, Father, that you would just give people revelation, understanding that there would be dreams, there'd be prophecies that they would begin to operate in, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that there'd be powerful witnesses, authentic witnesses, first-hand witnesses of your kingdom and of your, of, of your life. I thank you for that now in your incredible, incredible name. We bless you. We honor you. We thank you. Father, continue to fill us. Keep us hungry and keep us humble that we'll be dependent on you for everything that we do, whether it be in work, in our families, in everything we do, Lord, in your incredible name. Amen. Thank you for being with us, friends. Uh, Look forward to seeing you at 12 o'clock with the prayer meeting, on the prayer meeting, Facebook Live. And... uh, Let's let's pray together. Let's trust that God comes down today in His power across our nation. Bless you and amen.